Yes, yes, we are back. Another episode of Extra Bases with Bristol and Booth. I'm Jason Bristol. Jeremy, I think, is with us. Yeah, you got to finish I'm that here. text. I'm here. I'm in the middle of some uh, breaking breaking news. Oh, One breaking second. news. Yeah. Is it breaking news worthy of the Extra Bases podcast? Uh, not yet. Okay. It's coming. All right. Uh, Jeremy spent all day at the ball field, which is what he tends to do, but perhaps not this much baseball at home. Is there is there baseball going on somewhere? <laughs> I don't know. I never know if I've heard of that game. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> we have so much to get to on this podcast, oh, but man. I think that something that has really gotten our attention is that we are approaching the trade deadline, the new trade deadline at the end of the month. There is a report out there that the Astros have some interest in Matt Boyd, the left-hander for the Detroit Tigers. Scouted in Oregon State. However... The Astros, reportedly, are unwilling to part with Kyle Tucker. Jeremy? Okay, I see your reaction. What's the consensus that you would get from the scouts and baseball people that you know? I think your reaction, <laughs> you know, facially, um, your reaction, I think, just gave it away. So we got a situation with Matt Boyd where you have a need that pretty much any club would have with this guy, right? And... and Kyle Tucker, as we said before, has some some motor issues. He's got some some makeup issues. He's got some things he has to answer. He's got to grow up. He's got he's got some holes offensively at the same time, and he's been playing a lot more like the the pet the teddy bear in in <laughs> instead of so instead, instead of, of Ted instead Williams, of Williams he and, started and just, out as the teddy bear. Yeah, and I'm, wow. I'm just looking at this, and, and you know, someone I'm, gave oh, that man. to you, didn't no, they? I, no, it's just that's right here, right, right here now. My here's my thing. Um, that the Astros' refusal to include this guy in a trade is going to come back and bite him. It bit him with AJ Reed. It bit him with other prospects besides those guys. You you can't put yourself in a situation where everybody knows you got to deal a guy. Okay, just look at the draft they've had a couple of years, and I know I mean the Astros, man, we love each other in the draft, but I got to tell you. What happens when you get so many of the same guy? What happens then? And I'm not saying Tucker's the same guy, but I'm saying at some point they know you got to move him. Okay? You either got to play in the big leagues or you got to trade him. And I don't think that if you have a chance to keep this window open longer at the big league level and you got guys playing well, you're probably going to extend in Reddick, right? Um, you've got, you, you love Marisnik for a lot of reasons, mm -hmm. none of them offensive, but for a lot of reasons. Springer's a guy you don't want to get rid of. He may be warming up to staying here, not 100%, but listening, um, extend your window. Go get what you need. The pitching we talked about in the offseason, Jason, was a hole. We talked about what they needed to address. We talked about McCullers no longer being obviously out for the year with Tommy John, which I told you a year before that happened it was going to happen and when. We talked about a lot of different variables with them that they didn't address. They didn't resign Keuchel. Um, they tried to bring up uh, Corbin Martin. Charlie Morton left. Charlie Morton left. And, and now you have Verlander, who's been extended, and Cole, who's going to be a free agent next year. You need to do something to extend the window. And Matt Boyd helps you win now, and he can help you win later. Left-handed and under control. Both valid. Both important. And valid, both needed. valuable, and important. And needed. And it's just like, I don't, I don't get this fascination with holding on to Kyle Tucker. Why? Because he's one of three pieces you have in your organization somebody wants? Like, what do you got? What do you have in your system? You've got parts in the big league level now that are out of options that have either limited value offensively or limited value defensively, or in some cases, both. Okay? You've got um, 
Bukowskis, and you've got Martin, who you like. You're not quite sure about yet. You've got Forrest Whitley, who's hurt, who you don't know what you really, again, don't know what you got right now. You think he can be, you know, a, a superstar, but you don't know. And you got this guy. And you can get a chance to get a big leaguer back who's established, who's a left-hander, who fits a bunch of knees, has some versatility, can start. Get the, get the pitcher. Get the arm here. I don't understand the problem. But you said that, in your opinion, there's not much there to be had in trade. So from the Astros' perspective, isn't that more reason then to hold on to this guy? No, I mean there's not much coming from the Astros. Yeah. Oh, that, okay. I'm saying What I'm saying is because the Astros, they don't have as many bargaining chips that perhaps, listen, maybe we need to keep Kyle Tucker because he's long-term the future. You know, I can understand that to a point, if you, especially if you thought – well, if you think your drafting is as good as you think you are, you'll find a replacement. You'll find somebody else. Don't Jordan just, Brewer will be the next guy. You move this guy to keep the window open, okay? And, and he hasn't proven anything at the level that you're, you need him to play at, and anything now that says he's going to do it. So I'd get this guy while somebody still wants him. I would move him while somebody still wants him. And I call it the A.J. Reed syndrome and, and even the J.D. Davis. They got lucky with that and got him out. And look what he's doing in New York, right? You, you can't keep every asset and hoard assets all the time, especially if you draft the same type of guys, and they show you they can't play at the big league level. Move them. You know your players better than anybody else. Somebody else wants them, and you, can't, you think he's not going to be a fit here. Trade him. The Seattle Mariners, and, and again, it's a different trajectory, and I get it, traded Alex Jackson. Sixth pick in the country. It's traded to the Braves. All right? Kyle Tucker was five-ish, five, mm-hmm. six, five. Okay. Um, he's not going to move Bradley. You'd like to re-sign him. Mm-hmm. He's not going to move Springer. He's not going to move Marisnik. The hole is, for him, hole is Reddick. He's not going to come up here and sit, right? Yeah. Okay. If Reddick's the hole, but Reddick's going to re-sign now. And Reddick is having a tremendous He's going to re-sign the guy. What, what are you doing? Move him. Is he going to be your fifth outfielder? You think that makeup's going to play being your fifth outfielder? I can't move the guy. Move him. Period. And and you know what? If you're if you're another club and you want him, okay. I mean, <laughs> you run your own club. Right now, he hasn't proven anything that says he can play in the big leagues. In his defense, though, Kyle Tucker, after a very slow start, has performed well at AAA Round Rock. Granted, the baseball is likely juiced in AAA, but uh, he has... 20-something home runs right now. He's at 24 homers in 78 games. The one thing that kind of sticks out to me is those 80 strikeouts in 78 games. So my question is, why isn't he here? Well. Why, why isn't he here? It's an American League club. Yeah. Why isn't he here? Well, because there's no room for him. Even more reason to get something that you need. Just saying. By the way, he's performed in AAA before, hasn't he? He has. Yeah. He's got a track record of that, right? Uh, 2018. Yeah, I think he had 24 homers mm. and hit 332 with an OPS of 989. But I, I think that's just off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trading the guy, and, I, and I'm not looking back on it. And I'm keeping the guys I have now in the big leagues, or I'm bringing this guy up. I mean, you went out and signed um, signed Bradley because you you didn't believe in him. Brantley, yeah. Brantley. Why do I keep calling this guy Milton Bradley? I don't know. Don't Milton Bradley <laughs> was just a, a weird effect on my life at some point. Anyway. Um, you know, um, Brantley is, is a guy that you've you signed who's now an all-star. Where's he going? Reddick's having a really good year. Mm-hmm. Where's he going? Springer, Springer. Mm-hmm. Where's he going? Mariznick is your guy that defensively you move him around. And you love him. Yeah. So where is he going? So where's your spot for this guy? 
Unless you know you're not going to resign these guys, okay, let's take that a step further. And, and and here's another thing: you've got Jordan Alvarez in that mix because AJ likes to move guys around. And Guriel still playing first base. But. DH, and they feel that Alvarez is right now the only position he can play other than hitter is left field. So what are you going to do though if he's your guy that's in the outfield as well, and you have a DH? Okay, well if you, you don't have a bats for everybody. You know, if, if this guy's on the, not on the roster and Tyler White is, and the issue's options, um, that, that doesn't work. I mean, if this guy's ready to play here, bring him. If he's not ready to play here, don't. It's interesting. At this point last year, the Astros had used five starting pitchers. This season, they're already at eight. Now, I can look at this of, in one or two, one of two ways. One way is that you are completely right and correct when it comes to the help in the system. The other way I can look at it is, oh man, they could really use a healthy Forrest Whitley right now. They could use, yeah, we talked about him before the years being somebody needed to help here. And right now, all these guys they've thrown up there, Fromber, Martin, Urquidy, at all, I think you've profiled essentially all of them as relievers. They're all relievers, and because of that, you've got you've got some holes, especially with Peacock hurt, McHugh back in the bullpen where he belongs. Mm-hmm. So, does this just reinforce your feeling all along that they don't have they don't have help? There's nothing in. There's nothing in the system to address this problem, period. The one guy they really do have is Whitley. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you got yet because now it's a health issue. Like, now it's becoming a health issue, right? Um, you had to go get something in free agency because no one's going to make a trade with you, and especially if the one trade they are going to want, they're going to start with those three or four guys, and if you don't want to give them up, what are you going to get back? You're going to go trade away nothing against Jack Mayfield. Do you trade Jack Mayfield? Well, listen, they've started with those guys in the past and look what the Astros have dealt instead and the return they've gotten. However, that return is not that, that, that those amount of prospects and players aren't here anymore. Right. Because they haven't done anything to replenish that. So no matter how many times you do it, the draft still comes back to bite you. They haven't done anything in the draft. They haven't done anything to address it. And the baseball knows it, even if the fans and you got it, you got to stop with this. We have so many prospects in the system. Oh, we're loaded. No, you got some tools. Mm-hmm. Give you that. And you got some guys that are safe, low floor players like Corey Lee mm-hmm. and Seth Beer. Okay. But like I said, what's safe about it? What if tools can't become skills? Where's your instincts? What are you drafting? Where's your impact? Where's your winning players? You're just drafting spin rates. That's all you're doing. Hey, man, this guy's got a 9,000 spin rate. Let's give him $4 million. Hey, man. This guy walked 55 times in, you know, 70 games and struck out 11. $7 million. You can't do that. you got to have some kind of philosophy, and this is where it runs into the ground. I've been saying this for a couple of years. And I think it was last year. Was it last year? Yeah. That hit the panic button? You did hit is the, that panic the panic button. Is that the panic button year? So I hit the panic button last year. On Sports I, Extra. And I said it wasn't even just about now. It was about later. Mm-hmm. That was what I kept saying. I've said this to you for two years. That's about now. It's about later. What happens when all these guys get to the big league level? And there's nothing else. What happens if you make so many good trades? And man, does this is this is this front office made really good trades? Yeah. 
with all the assets you do have if you're not backfilling that. Okay, and eventually, you know what happens? You win your World Series. You say you're competitive again. It's so hard and difficult and special to win a championship in any level. You do that in the big leagues, which is arguably, and this is, it's arguably the most intricate game when it comes to how you can win a championship. 162 games, you never stay with the same 25 guys, right? Mm -hmm. You're playing every single day. You, in spring training, I mean, it's, it's an eight and a half month season now. It's an almost a nine month year. And so many things can happen in that time to stay healthy, to stay talented, to stay hot, to come together, cohesiveness in the clubhouse and have the right leadership is hard to do. If you have that formula, you don't change it. You go back to it. The problem is to win the World Series, Jason, it wasn't their formula. It was somebody else's formula. They just did a good job with it. Okay. Now we're seeing what their formula is. Now you're seeing that. The very fact that all they have to trade are those four or five guys and no one else wants them and they don't want to give them up is an argument for both sides. Yeah, well, we got five, six guys we love, and we got five, six guys we love. We can't give you anything else anymore. Or the rule five isn't going the way we want. You know, we can we've talked about this forever and forever and forever, but at the end of the day, if you don't replenish your players, you don't have more players. Listen, if I had Matt Boyd who's under control until 2022. Yeah. You got him 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. I would give up Kyle Tucker in a second. A heartbeat. It's not even a conversation. In a second. Corner outfielders? Yeah. Listen, I know you think that Kyle Tucker is elite, special, yep. all-star. Yep. But listen, he hasn't shown it yet. No, not at all. And if you get a guy like Matt Boyd, left-handed, who's produced, Matt Boyd is a winning player. What's Kyle Tucker? It's Triple A All Star. And I'm not. I'm not. Look, man. Look, this guy could go out and be Ted Williams one day, and, and he could. What I'm saying is, right now. But but what if he's Ted Williams? What happens if he's Ted Williams around a bunch of guys who aren't Ted Williams, and the window's closed? It's not a fit. One guy can't do it. Mike Trout's proven one guy can't do it. Hundred percent. And 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 Trout is is the best player in baseball, and it's not even close, okay? Maybe and, of all time. And this and this is a situation where Kyle Tucker can't crack this outfield right now, not, not because it's his fault. Assume everything was going well, right? He cannot, he cannot crack this outfield because there's guys ahead of him that are winning players, that are doing it right now, that are all-stars. Who do you move? He's going to move who? Are we hitching our wagon to a guy who still has yet to have a winning, well, excuse me, he's had one winning season in his career? Some of that's the clubs he's been play, he's played on, right? Mm -hmm. He was in Detroit, yep. right? Start out. I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know if that's, the guy has the things he can do to help you win. Right now he's striking out 11 guys per nine innings. Guy has things you can do to help you win, you go get him. You need pitching. And look what you've done with the other guys. This is how trades come together, though, Jason. You need pitching. They need some offensive help somewhere. They need young prospects. You're in a winning window. What are you doing? If you, ha you don't have a need in right field or left field, otherwise he's playing. You have an all-star, all-star, and a guy having a great year. Okay. Let me throw this out there. On August 2nd, will Kyle Tucker still be a member of the Astros organization? I hope they prove me wrong. My feeling is yes. My feeling is these guys are so entrenched and they got to be right about this that they're not going to make a deal that could actually be fair with somebody else. He's done a good job of pulling the, the wool over some people's eyes here. He's done a good job of, 
of, and, and, and I don't mean that as an integrity issue. I mean, that's the game. Like, if you yeah. can win a trade, you want to trade. But this is a trade that actually could help both sides. This is a help both sides deal. They're not going to do that. I think Jeff keeps him here. And, you know, I think they just they roll on with it. That's what I think. And I think that, you know what? If Matt Boyd isn't something you're going to move on, find an answer because you need an answer. Wow. We've just spent 18 minutes talking about Matt Boyd and Kyle Tucker. What happens when you don't draft well? You got to draft well. The most cost-effective way to build a club is a draft. The most expensive way to build a club is free agency, right? Mm -hmm. The most strategic way to build a club is by trades. What do you have in your system, and what can you get back from them without where you can win that deal? That's, I just that's the game. As far as Kyle Tucker goes, I frankly I don't get it. I don't understand why with this window, this core of players that you have here right now, right, and the possibility that that core may not be here in two three years. Don't you think you should be all in? Again, if, if you're drafting as well as you think you are, right. you no, should find a replacement for Kyle Tucker. This is the Daz Cameron effect with them, too. I mean, they traded Daz Cameron, and he's in AAA? Yeah, he's turned it on, okay. huh? So they, they don't want somebody else. They don't want to punt this guy who they've refused to include at all, have mm-hmm. him go somewhere else and do well, uh-huh. and they say, oh, you should have kept him. Man, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? It happens all the time. If you're like you just said, if you're drafting well, you'll replace them. If, if you're Jake not, if, if uh if the the guys they sent to the Tigers this year were doing well, would we care? Other care. than I mean Cameron's doing well, but would we care? I would Astros I, fans care? No. It's just it's about winning here, you know. That's what it is. It's pro sports. And if they're not going to do that, then, you know, they've chosen their route. We'll see what happens. Let the last thing now, we'll Dad, say about Daz is hitting 229 in AAA, but um uh last year he he well. Turn to corner. The last, yeah. thing I'll, the last thing I'll say about this is that with players, if you leave them in AAA too long, you change their mindset too, and they stall, and they get stale, and, and they're not going to help. It's like the argument is why bring him up to the big leagues if he's not going to play? Well, why leave him in AAA for four years? What happens then? Everybody knows you can't do any with him, right? Kyle Tucker's in his third go-round in AAA, right? I think so. Yeah, so I he, mean, was, he was there in 17 I think for two, a minute. This, yeah, exactly. All of 18, mm-hmm. without, with the exception of what he came up for, right? And yep. he's back in 19. Three years? How many times you want to repeat it? Nope. He was uh, 18 and 19. 18 and so 19. This, yeah. Okay. So, so, this so two, years. two years. So take the track record of what he's feeling right now with what he's doing, right? If you don't do something with him, bring him up and let him play or, le- or trade him to somewhere else who will, if he does it again for the third time, what are you telling him? Yeah. And then what are you telling baseball? Because you're not moving the all-star. You're not moving the all-star. You're not moving the guy over here who's good, playing well enough for a new contract. Uh, a couple of things uh, we should be. I'd be remiss to mention the passing of Tyler Skaggs and Tony Robichaux, the college head coach. Did you have any interactions with either, either knew, of them? I knew them both. Yeah, yeah, I knew them both. Um, I knew them both. You know, uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about this. It's been an interesting week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Robe was um, obviously the coach at ULL. Yep. And there was a, when I came down here to the South Texas area, um, I had, as an area scout, I had Texas, South Texas, Louisiana. And South Texas in the state of Texas meant I-20 South. That's a lot of room. That covered all of Louisiana, basically. And, uh, you know, the I-10 corridor, we used to call it, you know, right there where, where Lafayette resides. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an associate scout at the time who lived in the area. And was a good man, good friend. And he, one of his first things was, you got to go meet Coach Robichaux. 
and I went over and met Coach Robe, and he was, um, he was he was he was overwhelmingly welcoming, and 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 you know I don't know how he treated everybody else, and and my my relationship with with him wasn't, you know, strong for twelve years. What it, what it was was, um, my house is your house. It was I'm gonna trust you, treat my players well. I'm gonna trust you to be fair. We're gonna be honest with each other. Um, he carried himself with integrity. You always knew where he stood with him. And even with some time passed and I hadn't seen him when I came back later, he would make sure he said hello. Um, he, you know, his son, Austin, when mm-hmm. I was an, an area scout, I was, I was scouted his kid. And then, yep. um, you know, Austin was somebody I had interest in signing. And Tony said, look, he, he's goes to school and he's not going to sign your eval is right on, but he needs to sign. He's going to go to school. And the respect that he gave you wasn't going to waste your time. Like some guys, they don't waste your time right away. Hey, don't take, don't worry about. It. He's not signing, so <laughs> you know. But what was interesting was the effect he had on people, and um, in the community in Lafayette, he's so much bigger than the baseball program. You know, he he's really widespread. Matt Deggs had a great coach at Sam Houston State, who's a real close friend of mine. Had a real um, life changing experience with the guy as a mentor you know he was just that electric of a personality to be around and it wasn't he just wanted to do good things around him you wanted you wanted to feel better about yourself and he set a standard you had to achieve and that's how that's the effect he had on you you know so i didn't spend 12 years with him i didn't get to know him like a lot of people did we we agree for the community um the baseball community itself which is just a small fraction of the people he touched is is affected today because if you didn't know him, you knew somebody who did, and the lessons that he put into people, you, you found your way to find. Coach dying less than two weeks after suffering a major heart attack, he was 57. Tyler Skaggs, sending shockwaves throughout baseball, found unresponsive in a Dallas-area hotel room. Uh, California guy. Yeah, Tyler's from Santa Monica. He's literally a teammate with um, somebody I got very close with named John Moscott. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Tyler was a kid, I got to know him. Yeah. Um, you know, over time, you know, I'd see him, I'd scout him. I saw him later on. Uh, you know, it, it's always hard to scout kids that you know personally. Yeah. You know, and, and I did, again, I didn't know him. Like, time passes. Sure. And lives go, and I hadn't yeah. seen him, you know. Yeah. John Moscott is somebody who he's he's now retired. He's a big leaguer with the Reds. Um, was is family to me, and Tyler and him were family. So again, by just being around that, I was able to work mm-hmm. with John and family. Yep. Got to know the kid a little. Uh, same thing, man. The, the the charisma he had and the way he energized people, even as a little kid, like he was just that, he was that guy. You know, he's just and, and you just carry that. You watch how people respond to people, and he was just that. He was just that that drawing of a personality at twenty seven years old. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's transition into some better news. We have uh, one of our favorite parts of the podcast where we look at past scouting reports from Jeremy Booth. And with the Angels coming into town, I pulled up David Fletcher. Mm-hmm. David Fletcher, Loyola Marymount, right? Man, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say about this. I don't even know what to say other than how did you see this coming? Like, how did you see this coming? <laughs> well, I mean, I liked him. 
All right. Let me read the summary. Regular shortstop. Let me stop right there. Your player comparison is what blows me away. Okay. What is it? Hold on. Let me read the summary first. Summary. Regular shortstop in major league role, defensive specialist and baseball player. Gold glove defensive skills with instincts. Live feet, good reads off the bat. Okay feel to hit and gets the barrel to the baseball. Two hitter in your lineup with plate discipline and bat control. Student of the game who works at his craft can anchor the middle of the infield and save runs. Your player comparison, and it's just so crazy because you picked an angel. Yeah, David Eckstein. No. Right, right. Dick Schofield. Dick Schofield. I remember that. This guy reminded me of Dick Schofield. That's right. He I, plays for the Angels, and you picked an angel. I, so I grew up watching the Angels, right? It's Angels and Dodgers. I'm an L.A. kid. So I grew up watching that. And so Dick Schofield was a shortstop yeah. in the 80s. Yes. In the 80s. Maybe in the 90s, too. Had a long baseball history. Duck, the, the son of Ducky Schofield. Ducky Schofield, yeah. Lineage. Yeah. yeah I don't, and, you, and look at you. you. You, I mean, I think Fletcher maybe could be a little better hitter yeah. at this point. Yeah. But the game's changed, obviously, hitting-wise. But uh, that's pretty good, man. I just, he just reminded me of a grinder. You know, he's from Cypress High School mm-hmm. in Loyola Marymount in Southern California. Played for a great high school coach in John Weber, um, who was a college coach when I was in college, right? So I knew John, knew Webb. Went to LMU, saw him in the Cape. Man, he just made every, every play. He was the top prospect in the Alaska Baseball League. The year before? Uh, 2013. Yeah, so this would have been 14. Mm-hmm. He was in the Cape, right? Yep. So, I mean, he made every play he needed to make. He executed, uh, you know, quality bats. He used the whole field. He it was enough bat. It was just a guy who was going to get his way to the big leagues and grind his way there. I loved him. Uh, was that the fifteen draft? Two thousand. It was fourteen draft. Fifteen draft. Two thousand fifteen draft. Just another guy we couldn't get to that I was like, we got to take this guy, and and for some reason we couldn't. Man, can you imagine? Just think for a second. If you got all the guys well, you wanted, I mean, just what we had: Adam Frazier, Reese Hoskins, David Fletcher. Um, Tim Anderson and or or J.P. Crawford, pick one, right? Because you weren't going to get both the same year. Got them now. Yeah. If you had, um, if you had Michael Walker or Kevin Gosman, right? If you had, uh, you know, Cody Reed. If you had, just I mean, you have a whole team. You have a whole team, and we just we never got there. Like we just never got there. But you know, size like, wasn't an issue with Fletcher. Not for me. He was strong. He was strong. Like the unifying characteristic they all have in the big leagues is strength. He was an elite defender, though, right? He made the routine play. Really? That's it. He routine play. So he, he wasn't an elite he defender. Was, he was good because he got everything he got to, he picked up, and he made the routine play. Now, where he was good, where you could, where I projected him to out after that, mm-hmm. was that the instincts, and, this, and I learned this from Paul Goldschmidt, <laughs> was that the instincts and Everything the makeup, comes back to Paul does. Goldschmidt. Everybody, everybody, if you've done this long enough, has an experience. And that experience changes you not to undervalue something. That's what got me with Hoskins, and it got me with this guy. It wasn't about performance with this guy. It was the instincts were going to carry him. The instincts were going to carry him. The skills he had were going to bear out at some point where this guy was going to get in the big leagues. Now, look, you weren't going to hang your draft on him and take him in the first round. He's probably not a second rounder. I think I had him in the third round. I'm not looking. You had him in the the third third round. round. I think that's where he went. No. Fourth round? No. Fifth round? No. Sixth round? Yes. So so I had Hoskins in the second round. He went in the fifth round, sixth round, fifth round. I had Frazier in the second round. He went in the fifth, sixth round. And I had this guy in the third round, and this he went in the sixth round. Do you know who you picked in uh, the sixth round? You were you were the Mariners that year, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you know who you picked in the sixth round? We we picked? Who, yeah. Who we picked? Excuse me. Do you know who the Mariners picked in the sixth round of that draft? Was it a kid from Stanford? 
No. Who was it? We took him the third So round. Fletcher was appears to be the last player picked in that round. Yeah, who'd we take? Bryant College mean anything to you? We took another kid from the Northeast. Kyle Wilcox. There's some people in Seattle going to have a field day with this one. If you added up the guys we took over the guys that I liked. Look, and you know, so I had a scout. My true story, my first my first interview as a scout, my you know, one of the supervisors wasn't my supervisor, but he said, you know, what are you going to do if your guy is there and we don't take him? Right? And I said, it's not my call unless I'm making the pick, right? I'm going to roll with the organization. Looking back on it, that was still the right answer, and it's still what I would do today. However, if you look at the guys that I liked, and the guys that we did, it's now to the point where it started to get a little staggering. And, and I'm not saying that because I'm some super scout. I'm saying that because the guys we took in place of, man, you know, when you do this for a club, you just want to know your opinion's valued. I'm not going to go any further than that. Yep. I'm just saying that that is one of those situations where at the end of the day, your reports bear out, and that's why you have them, so you can show what kind of scout you were. And the kid's a good kid, good player, and I liked him, and he's, he's, he's earned his way to the big leagues. And just for – conversation say Kyle yes, Wilcox is now 25 he's in the California League uh he's, last year he struck out 14 almost 15 guys per uh nine innings in the Midwest League at a, as a 24 year old um it took him um so yeah he started out in 15 at Everett and now he's in Modesto in the California League at the age of 25 still a chance maybe he could make the bigs but he's no David Fletcher so, how's David doing this year? David's doing really well. I just pulled it up. Can you read the stats for me, please? I can indeed. I think he's hitting 287. Okay, so it's above a 50 bat. I'm looking at the report for the first time in a while. All right, so he's hitting um, an OPS of 753. Okay. 287, five homers, 30 runs driven in. So, <laughs> by the end of the year, you figure 10 and 60 maybe. <laughs> I gave him a 50 bat scale of two to eight. That's a little bit above a 50, somewhere in that range, 275 ish. Um, Hit 275 his rookie year, by the way, last oh, there year. There it is. I gave him 40 power production. That's eight to 10 home runs a year. I gave him an average arm, 55 accuracy, slightly above, 70 defender, um, above average body control, plus range on his instincts. Look, the comments are good first step, reads, angles, anticipates. Yep. Those are all instincts. Uh, running speed was at was a tick above average, 55. Home to first was quickly a tick above average, and the base running was plus. So all those things, the tools are just okay, but the skills are what makes the player, right? Mm -hmm. That's the makeup and the instincts. And the determination I gave him, oh, look, gamer with instincts. Determination one competes. He comes out to a 56. And guess what? I'm, I'm even going to go one bit further than this, and yeah. I'm going to say that his value, he's one of these guys that, Stats will not tell the entire no, story. Do you want to hear all the positions he's played well, this year? When did I say he gets to the big leagues? 2019. 2019. He got there last year? 2018. Yeah. This year, Jeremy, he's played third base, second base, left field, shortstop, and right field. Yeah. Sounds like him. They got me. They got Anderson Simmons playing short, so he's not going to play every day, but he's going to help. You know? And he's if he's going to, if he's got, if he's hitting. He's played mostly at third. Yeah. But again, it's because they got a. Andleton, Andleton Simmons playing yeah. short, right? If you don't have Simmons playing short, you got this guy. I don't know, man. I'd like to have him. If he's playing third base, imagine if you had 
Uh, well, I mean, had Tim Anderson and Frazier as your second baseman and shortstop, and this guy's your extra guy, and they're rotating like this and playing. Seager's playing third base, and he's hurt. Imagine if you had that. You have Reese Hoskins at first base. That's your entire infield. It's your entire infield. And, and pick a couple of arms, man. Just pick them. They're everywhere, you know. But I'll stop. Should we end on that note? Well, that you know, a- Peter Lambert I like, too. He just got to the big leagues. It's another one. Peter Rockies. Lambert. Yeah. yeah. Rockies. I liked him. Any, yeah. Anyway. Well, anyway, can't go back, can we? We can only go forward, Jeremy. All right. Yep. Everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching on YouTube. And as always, please hit subscribe or like or whatever is at the bottom of the the screen or the page. And uh, share, tell your friends, and uh, let us know what you think. Once again, for Jeremy, I'm Jason. This has been Extra Basis.